0: Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, what is the thing that troubles you most right now, this very moment? What is it that you're thinking about when you wake up in the middle of the night? What, What is your biggest problem? You can make a list of two or three things if you can't sort out what's number one. That's fine also. (laughs) For some of you, those problems might not be particularly obvious. In fact, no one uh, probably even knows about it. The person sitting next to you has no idea. Trouble with someone at work. Some sin that the devil won't let alone. There's something that you have to do that you just can't get up the motivation to do. or, or, Or something like this. There's something subtle. For some of you, those troubles are very obvious. They're very public. Perhaps someone in your family is very sick. Or perhaps someone in your family is dying. Perhaps there's a problem at work. Or perhaps there's a problem finding work. These are big problems that everybody knows about. That's, that's how it was, the, the, the big problem. That's how it was for the man that's brought to Jesus by his friends. He was paralyzed. He couldn't move his arms or his legs. He couldn't work. He couldn't play. He couldn't help his neighbor. He's absolutely frozen. He's stuck. Matthew doesn't mention it, but Mark and Luke tell us that this man was, was lowered down to Jesus from the roof. His friends peeled back the ceiling and with ropes let him down on a mat. And there he is laying in front of Jesus. I don't know how it is in your imagination but I see this man uh, who, who landing kind of awkwardly his his arms and his legs are bent in a in a awkward position and he can't straighten himself out. He's laying there frozen on the ground at the feet of Jesus. His head kind of tilted to the side and his eyes twisted looking up at Jesus to see what he'll say. Everybody knows what this man's problem is. He couldn't move. Everybody knows why he's, why he's put there in front of Jesus. So that Jesus would fix him. So that Jesus would heal him. So that Jesus would give him his body back. And this is so obvious to the people there and to us reading these words that what Jesus says next is almost offensive. Looking down at this man, sprawled out on the floor, on the ground, unable to move, Jesus says, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. What, Jesus? His sins are forgiven? What about his body? There, broken on the ground. You know what happened to this man's body? when Jesus forgave his sins? You know what happened to his arms and his legs that couldn't move when Jesus absolved him? Do you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. His body was still sprawled out in the dust, completely motionless. His eyes, no doubt, were fixed on Jesus, but his body was there, pinned to the ground. And dear saints, we learn something there in this man's frozen body. Remember your list of problems? The subtle ones and the obvious ones? Jesus is redoing your list for you. He puts above everything else on your list, on your list of troubles, he puts above them as number one with a highlighter and a circle around it. He puts this. Sin. You are a sinner. You have sinned against God and against your neighbor. Your biggest problem is that. We heard in the Old Testament lesson, the Ten Commandments. If we wonder if we're sinners, we simply need to review these. God gives himself to us as our God, and yet we go looking for safety and security in other things, in money, in possessions, in insurance, in whatever. We worry about tomorrow, and we're afraid of what other people think of us, and we trust in ourselves. We sin against the first commandment. God gives us His name and commands us to pray, but we don't. We forget about God when things are good, and we forget to thank Him when things are bad. We sin against the second commandment. God gives us His Word. He unfolds for us His great love and mercy in the Scriptures, and we don't even read it. We let the book sit there. We don't study it. We don't memorize it. We don't teach it to our children and talk about it with each other. We sin against the third commandment. God has given us our parents and other authorities, and we chafe under these authorities. We look down on those that are put over us. We sin against the fourth commandment, and that's just the first four. The Scriptures command us to love the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength and to love our neighbors, ourselves, and we hardly even manage to get past loving ourselves. We are sinners and that's our problem. Our our biggest and our most pressing problem. Even if we don't know it or we don't feel it, it it is our problem that needs to be dealt with. And Jesus tells us, When he looks at this man sprawling on the ground, whose whose issues are obvious, and he says to him, my son, take heart, your sins are forgiven. And in that word, not only does Jesus show us what our biggest problem is, he shows us where to go to find help. Jesus is the hope for sinners. Sinners. Jesus is the place to find forgiveness. Jesus is the one who takes God's wrath from you and and carries it himself. He is the one who brings you the Father's love, Jesus. But we're still in the overcrowded room. And still there's a forgiven, paralyzed man stuck on the floor. And now there's a stirring... It's not in the man's body. It's among the scribes and Pharisees. They start to grumble among themselves about what Jesus says here. After all, it's only God who can forgive sins. And this is explicit in the Old Testament. God is the only one who ever forgives. And here Jesus says, I forgive you. This is blasphemy, they say. He's claiming to be God, and they're right. Jesus is claiming to be God. They've just miss, missed the fact that He actually is God. But now, dear saints, for you, and for the scribes, and for this paralyzed man, Jesus is going to put Himself to the test, and this is amazing. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to the scribes, Why do you think evil in your hearts? What's easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? You want to know if my word does, what it says, says Jesus? You want proof? You can't see my word of forgiveness or see that it accomplishes what I say it does. But I will prove to you that my word does what it says. I will prove to you that I speak with authority. I will prove to you that this man's sins are forgiven. Jesus continues, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And behold, he rose and went home. Amazing. God's word is different than man's words. Our words describe reality. God's word creates reality. It's light in here. That's what I say. If it's light in here. <laughs> Let there be light is what God says in the dark. And there's light. You're a nice guy. I might say to you, if you are a nice guy. <laughs> But if you were a jerk, my words would be silly. You are forgiven. That's what God says to you, a sinner, and you are forgiven. You are righteous. You are holy. God's Word makes it so. That's what the Gospel is, what the absolution is. When you hear, you are forgiven. It's not a description of how things are. It's not a description of you. It's making things so, because this is a living, active Word. It is a Word that takes all of your sins and and casts them as far as the east is from the west into the depths of the sea, onto the shoulders of Jesus. And so in the midst of all of our problems... This problem number one, the first thing on your list, your sin, it's been taken care of. It's been covered. Covered with the blood of Jesus. Covered with the robe of, of his righteousness that's put on you at your baptism. He, he's taken it away. He's, he's dealt with the problem. In the absolution given to you, your sins are forgiven. And this is wonderful. And there is one more thing about this word of forgiveness. For our Jesus has not only put this word of forgiveness into your ears, but he has also put his word of forgiveness into your mouth. Today we have an LWML Sunday, Lutheran Women's Missionary League. It's a marvelous institution that's given itself over to support the mission of the church. But what is that mission? You know how your number one problem is sin? That's also your neighbor's number one problem as well. So Jesus has his church in the world to forgive sins. Jesus scatters his Christians all around the globe so his authoritative word of forgiveness would be spoken in every corner of the earth, take heart, your sins are forgiven. A lot of people make a, a, a huge deal about evangelism, about, about mission work. But it is really, dear saints, not that complicated. In fact, it's fantastically simple. We have been forgiven and so we forgive. We hear the Lord's absolution in our mouth and we speak in our ears. Sorry. We hear it with our ears and we speak it with our mouth. And the same authority that that word has when it's spoken to you, it has the same authority when it's spoken by you. When the father forgives his children. When the wife forgives her husband. When the friend forgives his friend. When you forgive your neighbor and your neighbor forgives you. When someone comes to you with a guilty conscience, troubled by the devil over what they've done, and you say to them, in the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. The people marveled that God had given such authority among men, and he's given that authority to you, his dear Christians, to speak the word of absolution, the word of forgiveness. That is the mission of the church. Jesus has His church in the world so that we can speak to the world and to all those around us the most comforting and marvelous words that you can't hear anywhere else. These words, Your sins are forgiven. And we rejoice, dear saints. We rejoice to say those words to each other, to our family, to our friends and to our neighbors. But we rejoice even more that Jesus speaks those words to us. You might still have problems. Number two, number three, number four on the list, they might still be there. But that number one problem, your sin, that's taken care of. In the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.